Welcome Davos elites who can afford $300 stakes, international travel and carbon offsets, and everybody else doomed to live in a grey wasteland and work in an edible insect farming facility on the outskirts of the vortex. This is Sideboob Cinema, your inspiration to rise up and defeat your oppressive but super hot overlords. My name is Ricky Allpike and joining me are my fellow freedom fighters, AJ and John. <laughs> That was great. That was good. AJ, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I wish the Davos elite were attractive and hot. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) They're not. They're gross. They're old (laughs) and gross. And the elites in this movie in Zardos are pretty hot. They are. Zardos 1974, John Borman, written and directed. Uh, They very much are uh, sort of, um, what what do we say? Waspy, waspy, hippie, hot. Yeah. You know? Sort of. 70s. 70s spaced out hot. That weird look. Yes. Yes, Mm. they do have that look. Alien-like. Yeah. Really fair. Yes. Well, I think there might be a lot of Irish people in this. (laughs) Yeah. Shot in Ireland. It is. So a few freckles in that. (laughs) 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 So $1.57 million budget, $1.8 million box office. Uh, Okay. You could say broke even, right? (laughs) even, but it's considered to be a flopperoo. Mm, it is. A general people, a, a massive failure. But then again, it has a big cult following. Mm. So uh, it is what it is. But I guess, you know, I, I think, you know, it's uh, it's not what you want, you know. I, I got to say, it's, it's good to see a science fiction film made in the 20th century that doesn't set it in the early 2000s. You know, like this one set in, in 2293. Mm. Yes, you know, I always felt like those science fiction movies. That, Escape that, from New York. Yeah, those sorts of things. Or, 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 set in 1997, I think. <laughs> yeah, or even Blade Runner. I think that's set in, in 20... 2019, isn't it? Yes, mm. yes, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Well, actually, they sort of got it right in Blade Runner. 20, 2020 was looked like Blade Runner, like when I looked at um, America. Mm. It's flames and... But still, you know, no, no flying cars. No, none of the good stuff. It was only the bad stuff. <laughs> only the bad stuff. Uh, so, is the first time you'd seen this film? Yeah. Yes, I, I'd seen trailers for this like like I don't know a decade ago, and I got all juiced up about it, but they never they never saw it for some reason. All right. Well, mm. glad you did. Glad you, that happened for you. <laughs> all right. You now, still juicy after it. <laughs> well, this is the future. Our future. The Earth has been divided into two separate worlds. The Vortex, a perfectly structured utopia where man's ultimate technology has conquered death for a chosen few. Here, man will never die, but go forward to perfection. Surrounding the Vortex are the Outlands, passionate, barbaric, dying, where hordes of exterminators freely slaughter on the command of Zardoz, god of the Vortex. The gun is good. The gun is good! Go forth and kill. 20th Century Fox presents Zardoz. Starring Sean Connery as Zed. The invader from the Outlands, chosen to discover the flaw in paradise. How did you get 
get into the vortex? What is your purpose? I don't remember. Tell me. Show me. You must tell me. No. Kill it, May. No. May has been given seven days to complete her study. Then Zed will be terminated. Zed arouses in the people of the vortex a forgotten sensuality. Life flows out of you, flows into us. You must be destroyed. Why? Can you unknow what you know now about me? Here is a new kind of adventure. No! 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 The future hopes of mankind depend on one man. This is a race against time in a timeless world. A startling look into the future. Our future. Zardoz, a film by John Borman. Look, I will do the synopsis because I, you know, I, this was, this was good because I, I, <laughs> So I figured out what was happening, all right? So here we go. Tell me if this is what happened in the movie. All right. It's 2293 and all is not well. Society is divided into two groups, the Eternals and the Brutals. So the Eternals are immortal beings who live a sort of affluent hippie commune lifestyle in a country estate called the Vortex, sort of eating green bread and conducting psychic conversations. Uh, the Brutals, however, are mortals, and they live in a drab wasteland and are policed by an, uh, and abused by a group of exterminators, men who resemble Frank Zappa in red underwear and <laughs> buck me boots. Uh, the exterminators do the bidding of their god, a massive flying stone head called Zardoz that calls out commands and spews forth guns and ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> So while the exterminators uh, force the Brutals to load their grain harvest into the stone head, uh, sort of as an offering, one of curious exterminator called Zed, played by Sean Connery, has hidden in the grain aboard and aboard the flying head. And he emerges mid-flight to find an Eternal called Arthur Frayne, uh, presumably the operator, of, uh, pilot of the head, and promptly shoots him and he flies out, out uh, outside after a brief exchange. The head lands in the vortex, which is our green... Uh, estate with all the Eternals and Zed meets all of the Eternals, these these immortal beings, and he's already causing friction amongst these sexless wowsers. Uh, one Eternal, Consuela, played by Charlotte Rampling, wants Zed dead, uh, but another May wants to study him further. A violent sex maniac with a Scottish brogue doesn't come by that often. Uh, a rebellious Eternal called Friend agrees, but we get the feeling that Friend wouldn't mind if the Vortex entirely was toppled. Zed learns much about the Society of the Eternals uh, in the following uh, uh, days. Uh, sleep is a thing of the past, and so are male erections, uh, thanks to the kumbaya bullshit of the <laughs> commune. When the Eternals lose their will to live, they become apathetics and fall into catatonia. Eternals uh, who break the rules are aged in punishment and the worst offenders are branded uh, renegades and are reduced to raving senility together in some old old country mansion. Ultimately, the Eternals are overseen by uh, and protected uh, from death by uh, something called the Tabernacle, which is an, like an AI, a lot like Alexa, sort of, you know, uh, <laughs> sort of uh, got all of human knowledge in there. Uh, the Eternals are supposed to be gardens of mankind's knowledge, but it's clear that they're bored, corrupt and creepy, a bit like the Democrats. <laughs> 
So uh, May and Consuela conduct a uh, genetic analysis of Zed, and it is revealed that he is extraordinary. In addition to his physical gifts, uh, which have been developed by Arthur Frayne, he's smarter than his uh, obscene outfit lets on. And it turns out uh, that Arthur Frayne taught him to read, and read he did, ultimately discovering that Zardoz is actually a misreading of the title The Wizard of Oz. This was the moment Zed realized that he and the other Brutals had been manipulated uh, by, by Arthur Frayne. Unable to contain her hot pants for this hairy hunk, Consuela leads the campaign to have Zed destroyed and gathers a group of other Eternals to hunt him down. Zed flees and is uh, aided by May and Friend, who help him to absorb all the human knowledge stored by the tabernacle. Zed emerges with the knowledge of the origins of the Vortex and the beginnings of the Eternals, which was set up by well-meaning scientists who had their memories wiped to safeguard the project even from themselves. Consuela can't fight that feeling and realizes that she wants uh, Zed's big junk in her life. Uh, then Zed shuts down the tabernacle which also drops the force fields keeping out the exterminators who storm the vortex and kill everyone in sight the eternals welcome their deaths as a release a few eternals led by uh, led by may escape the vortex to live amongst the brutals as mortals zed finally retires to the zardos stone head to live out his existence with consuela they have a kid and grow old together eventually turning into bleach skeletons and then vanishing completely leaving only handprints on the wall and a rusty old revolver that's the film that's it <laughs> How much of that went into your brain while you watched it? <laughs> not, not all of that went in my brain as I watched it. Twice. Um, twice. I, I, I saw it twice, yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, fuck, there's a lot happening in this movie. Like, yep. There's some heavy concepts going on in here. And it seems a bit uncertain to me as to whether um, the director, Borman, takes them seriously himself or not. I mean, maybe that's part of... I, re- of- I reckon he does. Well, yeah, but that's I think that's part of one of the problems of the film or, or maybe one of the problems people had with the film when when they first mm. saw it when it first came out is that yeah, it's like is this is he serious is he not? What, it's you it's know, what humorless. It's here? a humorless film. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean it's got very light wry humor here and there but not mm, it seems very, very straight. Little, very little humor, yeah. Yeah. But then I think him he reflecting was like maybe I did I missed the mark a bit. Yeah. Well, he developed this after initially, I think he was considering doing Lord of the Rings, an adaptation of that, and that collapsed. Oh, right. And he was in the mood for fantasy and getting lost in a world and the rest of it. Oh. And this was the era for for this kind of, of film, and people like him, uh, John Borman, when they reached a certain level, did turn their hands to these sort of uh, existential or, or, or um, elevated sci-fi fil- uh, films. I'm going to say... This is better than Lord of the Rings. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is better than Lord of the Rings. Then Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. I don't care what anyone says. I think it's like I I I I, I love this and I don't like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so I'm glad we have Zardoz because there's so much in this. I, yeah. I like Lord of the Rings is beige alert. It is just like, I mean, what am I looking at? You know, whereas this has got stuff. This is genuinely unsettling. Mm. Like on so many levels. Um, firstly, Connery's outfit is confronting. Yes. Well, that shot when he first meets one of the uh, the immortals. I think it's May he first meets, right? Mm. Mm. On the lake, and you get this amazing image of the lake and 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 the uh, the scenery sort of reflected in the water. And then he's on one side and she's on the other, and he's just wearing the most ridiculous, beautiful widescreen shot. with his like, long ponytail. Mm. His, his balding ponytail, his <laughs> moustache. Yeah, 
you know where you are? The Vortex. You come from the Outlands. You were told about the Vortex. Zardos says... What does Zardos say? Zardos says if you obey him, you will go to a Vortex when you die, and there you will live forever. Happily? Yes. So you think you're dead? So the criticisms since, you know, let, might as well get into them straight away. So there's a couple of things. I, I think the costumes in the production design... Because it's not just the brute. So the, we're talking about the Brutals outfit, which is the they've got these sort of red underpants, the red boots, and these bandoliers that go around their chest, and nothing else. And and, and they all have got this these mustaches and yeah. ponytails, long ponytails, <laughs> yeah. and knee high boots, and knee high yeah. boots, stripper boots. So it's really <laughs> bold, and maybe because the guys don't have great bodies, mm. they've got sort of seventies. You know, skin, I, I think they've got good bodies, bodies for the for the era. Dad Absolutely, bods. incredible! Like, yeah, they remind me of my dad's body yeah. actually, which is like, <laughs> like a guy who just yeah ate ice cream and and drank beer and and worked out as well. Yeah, and and so he so they just <laughs> so they just sort of look yeah they just you, you're like oh you look pretty good but you know <laughs> how old was Sean Connery when this was made? He's got to be fifty odd. He has to be because he would have wow. been thirty. The early 30s for Dr. No, and, that, and this was, you know, like 10 or 10 and 12 years later or something. So he'd have so to be. He was, hang on, I'm just looking him up here. Uh, he was born in 1930. What's that? It's 44. That's fucking old to be doing that shit. Well, then again, if he's only 44 in it, 44, if, if that's yeah. what we're looking at, I think he's he's smoked a lot. In the 70s, though. Yeah. So he's looking like... Um, you know, really, really rugged in it. So I, I would have thought closer to fifty, but yeah, it's shocking. It's a shocking um, revelation. So anyway, the the costumes of the uh, Eternals are also quite bold. Uh, they are sort of I, I don't know, like mm, hippy dippy uh, pastel. Mm. Not much to them. But but they also of, they also have like like a peasant bent to them as well like like the, the yeah. head the headwear like the it's almost like a bandana type thing that a lot of the girls mm. wear genderless mm. and 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 maybe the pastels it goes with that as well actually that's why this movie's great there is there is a lot that's gone into it because when you think about it Zeds and the Brutals they've got primary red you know and we mm. know you know color. Color research has proven that sports teams uh, or shown that sports teams that wear red or black win more games than teams who don't. And so Zed's got this bright red and you eat more. That's why the, the old style, you know, restaurants have red everywhere because you mm. eat more. Yeah. It's red. It's this primal. McDonald's. Pri yeah. So this very, you know, this blood pumping color. And then we've got the Eternals, which is perfect fucking pastels. Mm. And men and women with their hair in these sort of, these these genderless peasant outfits and it's it's sexless it's it's a sexless world and uh, uh, so there is a comment being made about about all of that but but having said that I've come to this late like the I've seen this movie before over, over a long period of time and for the longest time I feel like the production design of the costumes just don't marry with the great ideas of the script yeah. like there's like a the, the script more and more I think about it is actually really really clever. And the ideas in it are uh, novel worthy. They really should be in a big, giant novel. And uh, mm. 
these costumes are just um <laughs> they're bold but and if you think about them they work but they don't work on a level that hits you in the gut like when you just look at you know like the way you look at princess leia's outfit in the first star wars you get wicked yep i get it mm. you know mm. same with luke you just go yep i get it you know whereas or even dare i say logan's run which has got very um, iconic outfits for everyone uh but this just is it just doesn't quite mesh mm. Mm. well the thing the thing that really struck me first of all that you know the ambition of the film was amazing but I think the lack of the lack of budget shines through the film, uh, particularly like the place where the Eternals live. Like it looks like a nineteenth century farmstead. With I think with, it's John Borman's house. I, yeah. I think it could actually, be, yeah. And, but yeah. they've put a few sci-fi looking balloons and solar panels around. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's cheap looking, isn't it? But they still have like horse and carts in some of the shots, and I'm mm. like, you know, this is twenty. 29 or something but it gives it a star trek vibe it gives it the they you know like those episodes where they go down to some stupid village and it's some alien village and that's what it would look like you know but it's just it just ultimately looks like yeah john borman's house mm. but it's interesting it's interesting that he made this sort of when the lord of the rings project collapsed for him because this is the kind of place where you would set you know, some of the scenes of Lord of the Rings would be in mm. something that looked mm. like that. You know, mm. so for me, I was I was a bit disappointed by uh, by some of that stuff. You know, because as you say, the script and the ideas in it are just so are just so amazing. You know, a mm. uh, couple of things. It's confusing, perhaps, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but solving this <laughs> might kill the film. So so because they've tried to fix it with this this narration they do at the very very beginning which actually gives away one of the main conceits so you know this this scene of arthur arthur's head spinning around at the beginning is done because people didn't understand the movie so he tries to frame it for you he says oh it's tells you when it's said he says that it's all he's in he's the puppet master he says um he just gives it gives you everything but but i think it's still very confusing I don't think it you, is. I don't think you take that in because he looks so mm. weird. Why is his head floating around? Yeah. Why why does he have a, a mustache and beard drawn on his face? In this tale I am a fake god by occupation and a magician by inclination. Merlin is my hero. I am the puppet master. I manipulate many of the characters and events you will see. But I'm invented too for your entertainment and amusement. And you, poor creatures, who conjured you out of the clay, <laughs> is God in show business too. But his head floating around is like a screensaver. It is. <laughs> Is is brilliant because it's like the head in the sky. Yes, I know. Mm. It's good, but it sucks the first time you watch it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're like it's, like a, it's like a panto or something. Pantomime. Yeah, no, <laughs> it is silly. It is silly and stupid, and it probably would have been better without it. And you know, maybe if he just had a cooler costume as well, like it would have been, been better. Like you know, so I yeah. don't know. I don't know. So that's a problem. But having said that, I'm embarrassed because I've, 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 you know, now I've finally unlocked it. I've, I, this is, it's taken me a long time, but, and 
you know, we can get into this later, but I think that it's met the moment. I really think it's met the moment, mm. you know, this this particular film. It's, we need to get into it. But a couple of things, little slams. Physical performance of Sean Connery in places is camp beyond me. <laughs> he he does these mime bits. Like they go up to the, the tabernacle or whatever the fuck, like there's this mirrored thing that, that, that leads. It's like a thing that he has to go inside. She goes, go inside. And he goes, ah. His arm falls into the 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 the, the mirror pyramid. But he doesn't thing. fall on an angle. He just sort of falls like 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 it looks like you know when you do those well not as good as this when you do those party tricks of like I'm going down the stairs yes, like, yes. like fake fake going down the stairs. Yeah. So it's bad. He does that a couple of times. That and a few other physical things where I just go no no. Well, like, and it could be direction but. when he's shooting and he's what. Does he say kill the tabernacle and then he yeah. shoots <laughs> in, into nowhere? Yes. And yeah, there's a lot of bold <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, so that's that's all I got. Any other any other sort of criticisms? What about him in the wedding dress, gold? <laughs> he looks like he hates that. That's in my trivia. He does. It it took it took the director a long time to get him in that. But 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 why does he? Oh, I love that he loves the other outfit, but he hates the wedding dress. Like he <laughs> that's loved, right. He didn't even complain about the other outfit. You feel like you feel like saying the other outfit's gross, man. Like you don't look good. Like you, you don't look like Sean. It is more masculine, though. It is though. That's the difference. Yeah, he was Bond before this, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he he found it hard to find work once once he he stopped James Bond. So that's why he did this for two hundred thousand dollars. He did it for two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And he lived he lived at Borman's wife's place and paid her rent while they were shooting. It's great. <laughs> Good. It's good. You know, I love how the Eternals transfer all their knowledge to Zed via osmosis. The process involves <laughs> recitation, the projection of images on faces, Beethoven, singing, and nudity. It's one of the greatest scenes in the movie. <laughs> yes, that is one of the best scenes in the movie. How much time do we have? We will not work in time. You will take our knowledge by osmosis, out of time. We will touch teach you, and you will give us your seed. 75 plus, where it is assumed that E75 equals R over M74. R being the ratio of the terminal. Contradictions exist everywhere, but they differ in accordance with the different nature of different things. Physical and geometrical assumptions, and the two things. In any given phenomenon or thing, the unity of opposites is conditional, temporary, because actually, when the people take stills from the movie, or I've seen stills in books and stuff, it's from the from that scene, like mm. with the, with this sort of imagery projected on people. And even now, I mean, that, that just looked those images a long time ago looked just space age, but now even they they, they look great, you know. It's a, and the idea of because they obviously having sex, right? I think that's the whole point. I think I've heard on one of the commentaries that 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 he has. In the the guys say on the on one of the commentaries that his scholars they they say that in the novelization it's made clear or whatever that he's having sex with all those women to get the knowledge. Mm. 
and he impregnates them all, and then they go out into the wasteland oh, and repopulate. Wow, yeah. that's see, that's even more that I didn't know. So, because so May, so I think her plot, uh, I completely didn't pay attention to when I was younger. Now, I did know that she escaped. He sort of says now he confers with her about her escaping. I think at one point, like about her leaving with a bunch of other people. But you've joined the dots there, so it's because he is allowed to to breed. And he has made them sort of transcendent humans like him, you know? Yeah. That's great. Wow. They must be custodians then. Yeah. Of the knowledge. The idea is also that that's a, the guy who is Zardos, I forget his name. But Arthur Frayne. Yeah. He's been sort of breeding those exterminators. The brutals. The, the brutals, yeah, into this sort of superhuman mutant race. N- Nietzschean yeah. Superman mm. sort of thing. Great. So I love that. Uh, that that scene's incredible. I love the two other scenes. One of my favourite scenes is the erectile research scene. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. The titties getting massaged. So, dear listener, <laughs> it's, it's basically they're fascinated by by Zed and all the Eternals are standing around and and in their pastels. And in order to sort of uh, uh, get an erectile uh, um, response from him, they, they show him a couple of videos. What, and I love it's it's what they think's hot yeah. as well, or what they think men thinks hot. And they're not far from the truth. But <laughs> the first image is a woman soaping her breasts, and the second one is mud wrestling. <laughs> uh, but we know what he's really into, yeah. and it's Charlotte Rampling. <laughs> and, uh, and I get it. I get it. Yes. <laughs> Penic erection was one of the many unsolved evolutionary mysteries surrounding sexuality. Every society had an elaborate subculture devoted to erotic stimulation. But nobody could quite determine how this becomes this. Of course, we all know the physical process involved, but not the link between stimulus and response. There seems to be a correlation with violence, with fear, Many hanged men died with an erection. You are all more or less aware of our intensive researches into this subject. Sexuality declined, probably because we no longer needed to procreate. Eternals soon discovered that erection was impossible to achieve. And we are no longer victims of this violent, convulsive act which so debased women and betrayed men. This brutal, like other primates living unselfconscious lives, is capable of spontaneous and reflexive erection. As part of May's studies of this creature, we are trying to find once again the link between erotic stimulation and erection. This experiment will measure autoerotic stimulation of the cortex, leading to erection. Play. So that was great, but also it has an animated... uh penis mm. so they they have a they you know she says it, it, you know scientists or whatever have t- 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 you know long wondered what what turned this in a flaccid member <laughs> into this and it goes, bum, 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 bum. yeah yeah <laughs> which is a big no-no <laughs> in hollywood films yes. can't do that unless it's drawn i guess i guess that's how they got ah. around it. yeah buster found a way to slip by the senses mm. <laughs> well there are a lot of practical effects in this film, you know, like, like being in that sort of the house of mirrors sort of thing, mm. you know, to represent the tabernacle and 
mirrors, crystals, yeah, crystals, uh, all light, that. light, light reflections, yes. pro- front projection. Yeah, yeah. But um, Borman says, uh, I think it's in the commentary to the DVD that there was no lab work, no process, everything was done on the spot. Yeah, using practical effects, shadows, so lenses, mm. projections, mirrors, that sort of thing. You, know? you cannot, you cannot uh, fabricate in post that stuff. Like the 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 magic that happens with with overdubbing. It's probably the same with music, right? Like just the old school overdubbing or or, or double exposure, but like going again and again and getting the film, putting it back in, and and doing it there, and just the weird things that light does, and 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 the the strange happy accidents that happen. It becomes hallucinatory. You get you know. Whereas now, and they, and they they even talked about it on this other commentary I listened to, that and they're right. These these guys they say like, um, you you wouldn't get. You're not allowed to make those sorts of mistakes now. Like, and, and actually, I think I've heard Spielberg talk about this. Or someone's talked about this. Like the dolly, dolly moves. Even back in the day, were you know they're not they're not perfect. Like they, they, there's a little bit of jiggle, or you know mm. maybe they it speeds up and slows down, or there's human error built into it. And some of the greatest shots of all time are like that. Like this Hitchcock shot in um, Notorious that goes all the way from the ceiling down down through a party into the hand of Ingrid Bergman, and she's got a key in her hand, and obviously it's very human it feels very human we're going down there it's shaking and it's like the guy's got definitely change focus do all that oh, shit wow. on the run whereas now this would be that would be completely if it wasn't computer controlled uh like it, it would mm. be um you know just you just do a cg show you just go boo, come down and make yeah. it all cg who knows and 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 takes away all the the, the stuff that you just mentioned ricky all of the yeah. all of that great stuff because it, it, it in, in some of the scenes in this it's really it's really like a trip yeah mm. Yeah. Well, I think I think CG. One of the things CG has done as as taken the mystery away. I think from from how how things were shot, how things were done. You know, particularly mm. in, in in action movies. You know. Well, it also kicks it down the line. I have a friend who works in VFX, pretty high up, and and he's complained for the longest time that uh, you know decisions that used to be made on the day or or in pre are now just kicked down the line. They just say. We'll do it later. They'll do, or, or even if it's done, then they'll, like he was asked to 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 redo the entire production design of a film, uh, a big big film that everyone would know, and um, basically that means just cutting out the characters and redoing all of the backgrounds of every room and everything. Oh to my know, god! Redo the entire production. So he's, yeah. you know, he's disappointed that that you know um, creative visions are being. You know, like the, the part of the the joy of doing it on the day is you you stuck with it. Mm. That's it. We did mm. it. We did all our prep. We did all our preparation. What happened? It is what it is, and let's move on. Whereas now they try and fix it, fix it, fix it, and and change it, and then and the film was rubbish anyway. So. Mm. Well, Borman said about this film that he wanted to make a film about the problems of us hurtling at such a rate into the future that our emotions are lagging behind, and I feel like that's I feel like that's what we. We've got now, you know. I mean, technology, social media, everything's moving so fast. Mm. But I don't think we're we're keeping pace with it in terms of you know our emotional development. You know, where where do you want to start? This is the film of our times. I think I was like, I was like I was, I was like it, it really hit me. I mean, I I'm, obviously it was made in the seventies, so you got to take their context in, in as well. And there was no, that don't. new age movement. You don't have to no, do don't. that. These days. <laughs> no, I don't. No. Right. AJ's right. Twenty twenty two. What you do is you say. <laughs> Those bigots didn't know <laughs> shit about non-binary people. That's exactly That's right. all that matters. So, but look at all look at all the stuff we've got. Like, you know, there was lots in the story that that resonated with today. It was elites who believe in authoritarian rule, which pretty much is you know what we've seen yeah. in the last couple of years. Yeah. 
Well, it's that whole Cla- Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset and a lot of environmentalists and, and you know, especially elite environmentalists have that but sort even, of thing. But even, there's even another podcaster who we shan't name, who I, I complain about all the time, uh, he's a sort of progressive guy and just just this authoritarian uh, belief uh, in intellectual superiority and mm. righteousness, this idea that, and you should always be worried about people who say this and people on the left are doing it right now. They, they, they just get them talking about the, the masses, the people, and they'll say stuff like people are, people are such fucking idiots or people are mm. this. And, and that's a really scary thing to say, like to say that, you know, uneducated people or people who haven't been to university or whatever, which is like, I don't know, most of the country. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's really scary. And so they, they believe that they've got the, the answers. Yeah. But there's more stuff in this movie. The devaluing of human experience, instincts in favor of technology uh, and civilization. So, you know, our human instincts are being uh, replaced by technology and civilization. Mm. Uh, when I say civilization, I mean the, the, the process of making something you know, more, um, less, less primal and, and tied to our bodies or the pathologizing of typical human desires to the point where no one gets an erection. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you see it, they, 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 they sort of have a, something that's akin to Google where they, you know, they, they yes. talk to the tabernacle and they ask it questions and, you know, I mean, the, they ask people... the same boring questions we do yeah. too. They say stuff <laughs> like, what is a, they say, what is a flower? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Show me. <laughs> What what like show me all the cars created by this company and it's yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. all these cars being shown. Oh, they're using the technology in the same dumb way. Yeah, yeah. So there's other stuff. This was a big one. Um, exploitation as a key feature of the elite ecosystem. So the bread that they eat is 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 farmed by the brutals. So mm. that's the mm. sweatshop, right? Yeah. So what the elites nowadays never mention is. You know the sweatshops in China, and they they like a lot of all of our entire economy is built on on the sl- on the slave labor of you know Uyghurs and whoever yeah. the fuck else you know. So and people are just cool with that, like you mm. know people are just like oh yeah that's normal. Yeah. But my um, iPhone's designed in California. <laughs> it is designed in California, <laughs> but it has it's... to be it has to be made by tiny ch- children's hands though. Oh, you know because the devices yeah. are so small. That's the issue. <laughs> that's right. That's... I, I knew it was for a reason. Yeah. And then, um, uh, so, and censorship, Consuela says of Zed's confronting memories and he brings the truth to, the, to them at the very beginning of what's actually going on out in the outlands and whatever. She says, it's better not to know. These images will pollute us. Quench it, quell it. So, you know, this is big. And here's the biggest one. I'll turn it over to you guys. What do you think of this? Psychic offenses are treated like physical offenses. In fact, <laughs> one of the first things Consuela says when she's being disagreed with at the beginning, May puts, puts forward a different view. She says, you're hurting me, which is, a, which would have, people would have laughed at in the seventies. They would have yes. gone, huh? they would have gone, oh, that's so silly. She, what does she mean? Like, what a weird thing for her to say. Whereas now yeah. you could say that in a meeting and people would go, mm, too right. They'd click, they'd go, mm. they'd do that weird clicking that they do on campuses. So um, the guy harassing the chick in the courtyard, do you remember this scene where the yeah, guy's yeah. doing psychic attack on this chick? Um, psychic violence. Now this is this is big. The trial of George Satan in the in the in the movie. Um, he's he's an eternal accused of transmitting a negative aura in the second level. So second level is their meditation. That's their version of sleep. It's where they all, we all connect to each other. 
Um, this is concept creep. We've talked, we spoke to Nick Haslam and the New Flesh about this. Uh, basically, you know, it's the introduction of the idea of of, of non physical violence. Yeah. You know, uh, and he's guilt. But what's he guilty of? He's guilty of being critical of the system. He said mm. he's talking about what's wrong with their system. So. This is just a couple of things I, I, I that really occurred to me. I, it was frightening. I was like, oh, my God, is this a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> Except now it would be no titties. It'd no be titties. All yeah. of that horrible stuff and no titties. Mm. And they didn't even want to get their tits out there neither. That's true, yes. The Irish what, birds. What's the deal with that? He said it was very difficult for Catholic mm. stuff. to get yep. Irish chicks in 1973 to get their cans out. Yeah. And... We can talk about this. We can do the boobometer later. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, they were very artistic, you know. Again, um, I often marvel at this. No one ever talks about this, maybe because, they're, you know, that. But, uh, you know, cup size does change artistic integrity. Because I tell you what, if the, if, if the bosoms on these we're women were rough. Kids. No, but if they were, <laughs> no, they no, were no. Russ Meyer, if they were Russ Meyer yes. size, mm. or if they were even like like just just healthy C's or yeah. D's, mm. we'd be watching a porno. Yeah, yeah, people would go, "Oh, that's disgusting!" Like, 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 because because you can't do artistic. <laughs> I've just got them out, like walking around shots when when they're that big. I know because my wife's complained about it. She's got she's like, "I've got big porno titties." Because <laughs> it's not cool. It's not. Been, you know, it's not appropriate if they're just out. And I'm like, too right. Too right, Katie. Did you know that Connery's contract involved a clause that allowed him to pursue longer than required love scenes with female actors on the bill? What does that mean? That means that, you know, he, if he wanted to, he could keep the scene rolling wow. that involved a, a, a lovemaking scene even, you know, after they've got, everything they needed for That's the shot. kind of gross. All right. Well, it seems appropriate for this. I've got a 90-second clip for you. Listen to this. This is an interview with Sean Connery from, I feel like it was the 90s. Years ago, you did an interview, which may come back to haunt you. What, you know what I'm going to say, right? No. Okay. You did an interview in which you said, it's not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then. As I remember, you said you don't do it with a clenched fist. It's better to do it with an open hand. Mm. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't I, love that. I haven't changed my opinion. Uh, you haven't? No, not at all. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You I don't think, think it's bad. It must, I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. Yeah. And what would merit it? Well, if you have tried everything else, and women are pretty good at this, they, they can't leave it alone. Yeah? They don't they want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again and, and get into a really provocative situation. Then I think it's absolutely right. To give her a good slap? Yeah, absolutely. What if she gives you a good slap back? Well, then you get into another area. I mean, uh, then maybe she's getting to like it, and then it becomes something else. I don't know. But uh, no, no, I, seriously, I think that uh, it's the last resort. He's not going to do it because he wants to do it. Huh? Wait till people see this interview. Are you going to get male? Might get some female. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get some male. I might even get some female. Well, can I, can I counter that with Charlotte Rampling, looked forward to being raped on set by Sean Connery. And she was disappointed when it was over and done with so quickly. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, a <laughs> lot to unpack there. Well, we've opened a can of worms now. AJ, what, what, do, you, what do you think of Sean? Fuck hell. <laughs> How many people? Yeah. Like, is that just common knowledge? Seems like it's been I, around. I, I've for never a heard that. No, neither have I. Well, it's interesting. I think that's probably a testament to, I mean, this is how the world's changed, isn't it? Because if, I mean, you wouldn't even have to say that. You could just say, I don't know, I didn't think that, um, you know, uh, you just have to say that yeah, I didn't think that, that actress is very good or something and people would cancel you. But but, <laughs> but, but his comments are so inflammatory and it's, you know what, she, I think it's Barbara Walter, whoever the fuck it is. Mm. She says, you're going to get mail. He's not going to read that mail. No. Who's get the mails? It's mail. Like, like yeah. it's a, whereas now it's like, oh, you're going to get, you're going to get so many tweets. It's going to shut down your phone. Um, <laughs> PayPal's not going to work with you. Uh, well, you're going to get dropped. You're never going to work again. You're going to be Johnny that. Depp. You're, yeah. You're going to be the biggest thing in the studio. And then based on the allegations of an unhinged coke addict, you are going to have that taken away from you. So, I feel I feel like it's it's a, but it, but it, but it's mad stuff. I don't know whether he whether he believes it, mm. whether it's real. I don't know. I don't know. It's mm. um, it just seems like a, it's mad stuff, eh? Like <laughs> like, and she's but but then again, if that's what you believe, just say it. Like to, like like don't don't like she wanted the groveling apology or something. And it's, I like that clip from Snoop Dogg recently. He was on uh, World Star or something. I think I sent this to you via Instagram. AJ, where they're like, oh, like, do you ever listen to your old music? And yeah. you're like, oh, man, no, that was really fucked up. You know what I said about women and all that. And he's like, no, no, uh, fuck them hoes. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, well, shit, that's better than being like Jay-Z and like like apologizing so you can for your old shit so you can try and be part of the Davos elite. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he, he would have to convert to Islam and then it would be all right. Well, oddly, his, his, I've heard his comment that, the stuff he said from that's some mad imam <laughs> a while ago said the same shit. Yeah, it's mm. a, it's a common thing. It's like, oh well, you know, if it's the last resort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 not it's not the last resort. Just don't just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. Don't don't uh, don't do it, Sean. Don't do it. It's mm. mad. It's mad stuff. Yeah, that's full on. But anyway, look, bring me back to the film. I just want look just to say. You mentioned how audacious it was at the beginning. I think it's because it's written and directed by one person, you know. Like uh, Disney, you know, with their boards of creatives couldn't couldn't make this in a hundred years. They were, you know, how, how many monkeys, you know, and how long would it take to to make to to write type out Hamlet? Disney would never be able to make this movie, like like in a, in a hundred million years, because it's dangerous, you know, on, on levels that they can't deal with. Like it's a critique of like new age movements. I mean, there's so many ideas that just occurred to me. While I was watching. I was like, they, like that that they would nip in the bud in these writers' rooms, like mm. at the point of sale. Like yeah. you, you wouldn't just be you free writing a script and then handing it in, finished, and someone has to you know like it or not. It's mm. the idea is you know, sort of presented in, in a little bit in in uh, a room and then the other people in the room shut it down, shame you, you know, uh, and it happens. I've seen it happen. So the, the stuff like the idea that we're human and uh, our human wants and needs are uncivilised, uh, uncontrollable and ancient. Like that that's an idea that you could not put in any of these Disney sort of stories. They'd be like, oh, no, like that's – you. you never uh like stuff that's in straw dogs and that this idea that you've got to deal with um 
the realities of being a human, the, the sometimes the sometimes the biological uh, un, the un, uh, inappropriate biological urges that we have. Or what about this one? This is big. The duality of of the masculine. So on one side, productive, assertive, creative, on one hand. On the other side, violent, animalistic, and scary. You know, and dangerous, and 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 uh, and the idea that the feminine is is drawn to these qualities. Mm. You know, that is beyond the pale. Like like if you had, it was so. Uh, it was provocative, I'm sure, but even back then, the idea that Charlotte Rambling would be would be would be into which it sounded like she actually was into it, but the, the her character was was would be drawn to Zed. Um and that you'd watch that movie and you'd go, Oh wow, that's so interesting. I'm not I'm not, you know, technically like really into that, but but I understand on some weird dark level what that is. Anyway, I'm gonna go back to my normal life now. Whereas now they'd say they'd make it a creepy, you know, California relationship that's not that's devoid of anything any any anything dangerous you know or what about the arc of zed i just got one last little thing to say he goes from a mindless killer like like rapist Mm. you know sex maniac to a hero you know he transforms through knowledge into a complete man like like have you noticed that at the end he's got like all these qualities that we we admire he's got leadership daring do assertiveness competence and restraint so one of the chicks says, oh, kill me later, you know, because you're a monster. You can kill me and I want to be released. And at the end she says, now kill me, Zed, as you promised. And he says, I can't. Uh, all that I was is gone. And so he's become, that's actually changed. He's become uh, a, a complete man, a complete human uh, who who now knows the, the the value of human life and and all of it. He's not he's not driven by those those things anymore. And but he's still masculine. He's still got the sh- the shirt open. You know, you can still see and guest. the ammo on. And the ammo, ammo on. He's wrapped re- around re- him. Well, Jordan Peterson would say, "You got to, you know, you got to um, let people know that you're dangerous." <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he, yeah, he's, he's like, "You know, got to let them know you're serious." Uh, okay, man. <laughs> so, it, but but you know, the idea that because um, now, if you pitched in one of these rooms, the idea that um, you've got this character and that he changes and is redeemed or you know, or at the end you have to live with the complexities of human existence or something, or even the ending where people welcome their death, These mm. the, like, like, yeah. which is really upsetting. So all of this in the brainstorm process of today and the constant oversight from executives and whatever uh, and these collaborative rooms they set up, um, the ideas are just killed in utero. They're just killed, you know, and you, and you are passive-aggressively, if not directly, tarred and feathered for even bringing it up. So if you were to say... Any of the stuff that Kate went into this movie, like, like you would just be like, oh, like, wouldn't it be great? Like, you know, if um, Consuela, like, she's all repressed and she's like hot pants for for Zed's, you know, the whole deal. People would go, they they'd stand up and do the psychic thing to you, <laughs> and and you'd go renegade. And you take so and then, long to die. Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. like Brent no, did. Uh, no minutes. I won't <laughs> go to meditation level two with you. The monster is a mirror. And when we look at him, we look into our own hidden faces. Meditate on this at second level. No. No. I will. I will not go to second. Level no. no. Oh. 
I will not go to second level with you. I will... No! I will not be one mind with you. One of the charming aspects I thought of the movie was was how they dealt with like the psychic stuff, you know, because it's so basic. It's just, you know, it's it's uh, sound effects and them just staring or, or doing a weird, weird, <laughs> weird hand, hand gesture or something, you know. I thought there's a lot great. of weird hand gestures. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone they vote on something, all of their votes were different. Mm. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you notice this? But you know, it's not it's not uncommon to to what people have now. Like you know, to, they have their own emojis and stuff. You know, those those or or their own avatars and that sort of shit. So I don't know. No, no, it's true. There was there was a lot of stuff that that has come into being awkwardly, mm. awkwardly, which is, which is not why good. why is the guy's name friend. Friend, Sardos friend. Even pick that friend. up the first time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I reckon. I reckon Jay from the Inbetweeners. Yeah, he's a bit older. Could play this guy. Definitely. Oh, football friend. <laughs> yes, I've seen the football friend episode. I haven't seen a lot of that show, but I do know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about friends. Long lifetime, long friends. Okay, keeper or creeper. So what do we got? All right. So Sean Connery as Zed, AJ, mm. ponytail. All right. So put that in your back Pla- pocket. Really long. Was it plaited? Yeah, I think so. It was, yeah. Plaited. Long ponytail. So that is, so, you know, I mean, it's 2022. People, people do all sorts of stuff. But if you did bring home a guy with a plaited long ponytail, I don't know. The comments would fly, surely. Mm. Um, middle-aged, so 44, but but looks 54. Mm. Yeah. You know? Fine wine. Yes. He's aged <laughs> a fine wine. Now, this could be a plus or minus depending on what your lifestyle is. No tan lines. That's true. So That's he's outdoorsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. He's got a, yeah, think. he's got a sweet tan. He looks really ethnic. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> But he's Scottish, so mm. go figure. Right. I, don't, I don't know how that works. Um, aggressive side, but he's sort of losing interest in the wildlife and going That's out true. with the boys. So he has gone out with the boys a bit. He did have a massive smile on at the rape scenes when um, he was upside down. But that was sort of his work, though, wasn't it? Like he said, he said, I took him in her in his name. So it wasn't really his deal, you know. He was like, oh, well, could take or leave it. But uh um, anyway, I think he's ready to settle down. So uh, this might interest you. He's got the only working erection in Vortex 4. That's true. So if that's yeah. something you're after, then he's, he's your man. <laughs> um, I don't know what the other people are giving you. So self-motivated, <laughs> lifelong learner. That's true. Okay. Taught himself to read hmm. to a large degree. <laughs> uh, he's not afraid of commitment as well, hmm. uh, you know, in the end. Interested in having kids, at least one. Um, the work functions might be awkward because he wears sort of red <laughs> underwear, a bandolier and long boots, hook, big hooker hooker boots. Mm. That's his main outfit. So all of the good stuff, you've got to offset it with this pretty extreme look that he's he's got. So that's Zed. Mm. He's he's one, you know, for you. Next up, I just I thought it got a bit interesting. So Niall Buggy as Arthur Frayne. Now, entertainer. That's true. Magician. Okay. We know so, how yeah, I feel you, about that. So do you like magic shows? <laughs> okay. Well, he's multi-talented, so <laughs> don't put all, don't put it all in that. 
but if you do like magic, he's got you covered. <laughs> so longevity is his strong suit. That's, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he actually will live forever. Mm. So there's that. He's got that going for him. If you kill him, he'll just be born again, like as a baby. Yeah. That happens. Um, he's taken to wearing a drawn-on goatee and mustache. Yeah, I don't mind that. I what? like I like a few gigs every now and then. Maybe okay. for eternity. <laughs> but look, it's just that he he'd start obviously started during his magician phase, That's but he's now he's just wearing he's taken it into his normal dress. So he's loving it. Um uh, not sure if it's a deal breaker, but he's sort of into eugenics. Mm. And I don't know if you know about what this is, but it's a bit cutting edge sort of stuff, you know. Like some people breed collies and schnauzers. He breeds muscular Scots. Yeah. <laughs> um, some women value a man with a decent car. Well, you, you'll be going on mini breaks in a massive stone head. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> head. And what a head, too. It's like, it's got this, yeah, this... big, scary grimace. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, you're definitely getting a good parking spot. That's true. It will just get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> So that's so it's very different styles of man. They have got different energies, mm. I feel. That's so we got Zed and Zardos or Arthur Frayne. Mm. All right, let's let's go for it. Zed, keeper or creeper? Um look, we're we're borderline again this week. Yeah. It's it's kinda hot. It's mm. kinda hot. I really like that little smile when he did bar up. That was kind of mm. nice. Mm. And he looked down at That's it himself. That's right. And he was like, yeah. yeah. To be sure. He was, He's like, yeah. Proud of his work. Yeah, he was packing. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think um, uh, my wife and one of her colleagues said recently, we were in a meeting together and they were talking about some character and they said, oh, yeah, he's kind of, you know, I like that guy. He's, he's weird hot. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, so maybe Zed's got this he's weird hot. Weird you know? masculine, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, so Arthur Frayne, Gabriel oh, Gabriel. Yeah, that's not my bag. Right. That's not my bag, baby. Oh, and he's got a lot going for him <laughs> as well. So, I mean, in, uh, no. I guess it's, yeah, okay, all right. Well, I can't get over the hijinks. He just needs to fuck <laughs> off. <with all> <laughs> it's a cool out. <laughs> all right, well, that's Gabriel Creeper. All Creepers this week. Mm. Creeper Sweep. That's right. Creeper Sweeper. <laughs> All right, here's some trivia. Uh, John Borman used Irish travellers as extras. So they're like uh, like, like sort of Irish gypsies or I think they might be like the pikey. Are we allowed used. to say gypsies anymore? No, but I love it. They definitely uh, are gypsies. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just because I don't watch enough reality That's television. That's exactly right. What we're, only people who watch reality television say, you're not allowed to say that. And I go, well, I don't watch all the shows that we keep <laughs> yeah. in them yeah. that you watch. Okay. But he said they were the best extras uh, that he ever had. And they were extremely pleasant and reliable. Hustlers. So, And he cast them because he thought they looked like people who had actually lived an outdoor lifestyle. Yeah, they're uggos. <laughs> in that scene, they were gross. <laughs> yes. Are they the brutal? Yeah. Oh, they're the. Yeah. Are they brutal? The, 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 no, well, not the exterminators, yeah. but the yeah. brutals. Yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, the, they're the, the citizens yeah. of the Outlands. The grim, mm. grim yeah. But that, imagine doing that today, that sort of casting. We say, I cast <laughs> gypsies because they look like. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, what, what you're saying is they're poor and gross and they look like, you know, and I'm gonna, it's going to be great film. And it was. You can't do that now. Yeah, it he was. picked well. <laughs> yeah. 
Cinematographer Jeffrey Unsworth filmed scenes uh, with the lens wide open, fog filters on the camera and smoke machines on set to achieve a diffused impressionistic look. It worked on first generation prints, but when the film was duplicated for release, the image quality was so bad it was almost unusable and the studio forbade any cinematographers from using that process on future movies. Oh, wow. Poor Unsworth. Great cinematographer. And if it looks, if some of the stuff in this movie looks familiar to you, because it, you may be a fan of Superman, uh, which he which he shot the the first Superman, uh, and so that sort of, as you say, hazy mm. look. There's lots of light, you know, crystals and all that sort mm. of stuff. Like, yeah, but that's interesting that that he almost blew it big time. Okay, so originally uh, John Borman was going to set the movie about five years into the future, which would have uh, made it the late 1970s, and uh, that would have been a wrong move. Oh. Is it really? But it, is it really the future? No. Like, like in the way that we are allowed yeah. to say the future? It's like, is this the future? And it's five years in the, in the future. <laughs> it comes yeah. up no? at the start, 1980. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you go, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, if you told me in... In 2010, like 2015, I'd, I'd be like, oh, whatever. And then when I actually saw like 2015 <laughs> and 2020, it was actually quite apocalyptic. So a lot yeah. happened. Burt Reynolds was the first choice for the lead role of Zed and he bowed out due to illness. He totally would have done. Uh, another guy with a big hairy chest. True. Yeah. Well, he totally, I guess John Borman was kind of drawn to it. And now that I think about it, um, Borman does have a interest or on screen, because he's just a normal-looking mm. sort of English dude, so he doesn't he doesn't have this look at all. So I guess he's interested in this kind of masculinity on screen. Point Blank with Lee Marvin uh, and Deliverance with Burt Reynolds are both his films, and they're both masterworks. And this, they are all sort of explorations of a certain kind of masculinity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like a real twentieth-century masculinity mm. um, that he wouldn't have had. He's an English guy. He's not yeah. that like Burt Reynolds, hairy chested, and the rest mm. of it. So that's fascinating. I hadn't I didn't put that together since you mentioned. Yeah, it. where has the hairy chest gone in in movies, TV? Hey, I like a hairy chest. Do yeah, you? A little bit hairy, like something you can grab hold of, or or a lot. It doesn't doesn't bother me. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I I don't like the shoulder, like the wings. You know how <laughs> guys get hair on their <laughs> shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's big though. Like people, like that's the that's the thing is that you what you say is you want you want the Austin Powers, you want that, yeah, you know, oh. just on the chest. <laughs> what you were doing? <laughs> the, I was face. like, do I have to be quiet? What is this sign language? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, this is not a video like podcast. No, I was rubbing my chest. No, no, no. <laughs> was like this. No, I was doing the wings. <laughs> it just it cracked me up when you call them wings. That's I was cool. doing lewd gestures. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, well, well wait, but, uh, Ricky, does your wife like hairy chest? No. Good. Uh, no. I don't have one either. Sounds good. Didn't ask, mate. But but uh, but <laughs> uh, but what but what's but it's interesting, yeah, because I I'm interested in what, what women want. I don't no, know, I think I think uh I think my wife would if she'd have to choose, she'd go a hairy chest but not a hairy back. Yeah. Mm. You know, the hairy back is probably wouldn't you say, AJ, like yeah, and the hairy like, back is a deal breaker, but the hairy yeah, chest is good because some some of them are sparse hairs. Like it's weird. The hairy back is a weird thing. Oh god, mm. all right, that's a lot. 
<laughs> What's well, good? It's, edu- it's educational. I just don't know. Again, I don't know what women want. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. I even asked your wife, Ricky, what she thought of muscular dudes. I think she's not into muscular dudes, really. Um, I don't know. I just I don't. So not muscular what? dudes. No hair. She's into seven year olds. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> i just don't get it like why am i like because it because again like obvious like um because i mean do you think the hair what's the, the proportion of women who like a hairy chest or a hairy man it's still is it still a lot and they just don't talk about it like they're like they're like they like is it, it the majority make, you know what i mean like it's one of those things like like it's a bit like you know, like tall guys, like, you know, we know this, that girls want guys that are taller than them. They're, they mm. don't need to be tall. They just need to be taller than them. Oh, and nah, I think a lot want really They want tall, yeah. Tall. Great. Yeah. Well, I, 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 that, that accords with what I, what I imagine. But but I feel like that's something that um, people don't, that is, women don't say it. Like it's not like Mamma Mia would never write an article that says, hey, you know how we like tall guys. Like they would never... They would never say it the way they should. It's true. We all know it's true. We all are like, and, and it works. But it's one of those things that 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 they downplay and act like it's. Oh no, it's a bit like the bald thing. It's like yes, we all know that you can you can do the Michael Chiklis thing where you can get you know jacked and sort of make it work for you on some level. But the rule isn't that bald is great or balding's great. Like the rule is. Fucking Martin Riggs or or Jim Morrison hair is is great, mm. powerful, big, yeah. presidential hair. Is hair. Good. Yeah, or whatever. Like you just what you know, or or it can be short or big. It's just got to be. It's got to be. There. You know, a bit there. <laughs> yeah. And so these, are, I want to know, but with their chest, I want to know whether it's one of those things that. Um, I don't think I'm alone. Is, well, I don't think you're no. alone either. But 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 I want to know why these things aren't trumpeted more. I feel like I have to do more surveys for you. When I'm around women, <laughs> can you? Yeah, I think I need to. No, you should just ask because I I always ask women I know because I don't I I'm I'm fascinated. I'm just like so is it you know it's and they're all shacked up so it's a bit awkward. I mean, like I'm like so do you, what sort of dudes you like and if they're dudes there like you know and he's nothing like the stuff they're saying. Yeah. That's a bit like, that that would be awkward. Yeah. That is a bit awkward. So no no AJ if you could honestly do that if you go I'm interested in what what women want and because they say fascinating things. One of my friends um. This this has always stuck with me, and and Katie would hate this because she she just say you're a pig. You just hung onto that because that's something she said. But no, but like I asked one of my friends' wives, I said like it was okay. It was all about. Blah, blah. I said um, <laughs> I said oh well, what do you think of like 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 this, this sort of guy who's like really just a big like sort of guy, like big way bigger than you, muscly and the rest of it. And she goes, she goes oh yeah, you know like I, I don't mind. She goes but I got a fr- I got friends who who love it. You know like some girls and she, they'll never forget that she said. Yeah, some girls, you know, they like they like to be thrown around. Yeah, and I and I was like, and that was so <laughs> evocative. It was like a shadow play in my mind. <laughs> I pictured every everything, a whole everything she said. <laughs> and then I said it to Katie, and she goes, "Oh, shut up! Like that's not <laughs> you hung on to that. That's not everyone wants that." And I go, "No, they they want to be thrown." No, around. most people want to be thrown around. Yeah, definitely. 100%. You know, as as Jordan Peterson has highlighted, you know, if if it's not true, then how do you explain Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> you know, well, I, yeah, I don't know, but that's. It's not good, but 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 the, but it's it's funny you say that, AJ. I think I, that's I'm fascinated. Let's just maybe park this for the moment. But I but I, yes, I I, I think you're right. Like you and, think you about can... nine and a half weeks. You think about like some of the crazy sex scenes. It is mm. fucking animalistic. Yes, 
It is, but but no, but I feel like there's there's a a chill in placed on this. Like people, they put on this front where they don't own it. Like the sort of the sort of sex positive crowd is is dominated by people who who want to who say if your boyfriend doesn't want to be pegged, then mm. then he's he's Hitler. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like like that crowd, like that crowd, because they're really loud. Mm. They always they go on about how. You know, she talk about your kinks and how you're into this and and going to like guys aren't into going to that boring discussion about what you're into. Like, I feel like the sex positive crowd they're about something else. Like, they don't. I think it's way more interesting. Like, to when that girl, when that woman said to me, "Oh, some, some girls like to be thrown around," I didn't go, "Oh, well, you know, like it's on for young and old." Like, I was, I it just was, <laughs> it, 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 it was just, it was just interesting to me. I was like, mate, and it was so, it was, it was so human. Mm. I was like. Of course they do. I was like, of course they do. And I bet you they're ashamed of it and they love it and they're ashamed. Mm. And that's great. That's being human. Mm. Whereas it's the other creep, the creeps on the other side, the Eternals on the other side, <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh no, it's all good. And you go, oh, is it like, so if I want to be thrown around, that's good. They go, no, that's disgusting. Mm. Like it's, but if, well, you, if you've got non-binary a- twinks in this film, they wouldn't have the strength to throw any chicks around. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, they wouldn't. But then they were so. kind of in for the orgies. The apathetic triggered <laughs> by so they were they were activated by yeah. uh Zed's sweat, that's right? So uh, they licked yes. his sweat and then that got them all mm. hot and then they were all nailing it. Yeah, <laughs> that it's the pheromones. The pheromones, imagine, yeah. imagine pitching that. <laughs> imagine <laughs> today, imagine that Disney Studios, you say, okay, so. This raper, this raper guy, uh, he's, sweating, he's sweating up a storm. He's sweating up a storm. Uh, and then uh, they, they, they t- take his sweat and they touch it to her lips and then like chicks are kissing yeah. the sweat on their <laughs> lips and guys are they're kissing but it's not as good. The ch- chicks are mainly doing it. And then saying and you that they're it, alive again. <laughs> They're alive again, and then they then later on they're all they're all having sex. They're all having sex, and there's you know that they're all having a great time. So it sort of it changed their lives. They probably say then, we ta- we take life from you. Everyone in the room would be like this, silent, <laughs> staring would be at like, you. Get the fuck out! They would be like, "Get the fuck out!" They'd be like, "Yeah, well, we've already called security. Seriously? Why aren't they here?" <laughs> take your plant. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Life flows out of you, flows into us. Hey, listen, should I uh, finish this trivia or? There's more? <laughs> yes. There's more? I just really needed to know about women's sexual <laughs> desires. And hairy chests. And hairy chests. So uh, the Renegade's uh, rest home uh, was filmed inside the work canteen of Ardmore Studios in Ireland with some minor modifications. And that sounds about right. So that's that's the place where all the, the sort of geriatric... Well, the renegades go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh production design was low. It was. Yes, unfortunately. So uh director John Borman would later admit that he was under uh heavy drug influence whilst writing the film and during production. So he also claims that he's not sure 
uh, what certain parts of the film are about, mainly due to the haze of drugs uh, he was in at the time and feels that several scenes are pointless. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, don't pull on that drinks. string. You know, like, I mean, there's a lot I, of I feel like that's him just, just going, oh, just forgive me for that crazy shit. You know, I was really high. I was really high. That is, yeah. yeah. He was totally into this. He was sober as a judge, <laughs> loving every minute of it, and no one liked it. And he's like, oh, I was on drugs. Uh, yes. Uh, the last bit I have here, this movie is listed among the 100 most enjoyable bad movies ever made in uh, John Wilson's book, The Official Razzie Movie Guide. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this uh, this the other day. Like, what do you think of people who love watching bad movies? Like, and I, and I don't think this is a bad movie in the way that those sorts of people watch bad movies mm. because I think – I think this is so ambitious and there's so much in this that, mm. that it's, it's a, sort flawed, of, it's a flawed, flawed film. But, you know, almost, almost brilliant. Yes. Mm. Well, you know, there's people that, that watch like um, those old, really old, stupid B movies and. Look, you know, it's, I think it's stuff, a communal you know. thing. Like if, you, if, you're, if you're in part of a community and, you, and, you, and, and that brings you all together, I think I get that. I understand that. That's what, what cinema is all about. I mean, and it depends on what motivates you. If, you, if, they, make, if they genuinely make you laugh and mm. cry and have a good time. I, I, it's different from the camp thing as well, like like you know, because uh, uh, Mommy Dearest, mm. I think has got is it doesn't, you know, I don't know, like I, I I love all that, but I don't I I guess I don't I couldn't stand to watch bad movies all the time. Yeah, like I, I do want to watch fucking amazing movies as well. I mean, you know, I don't know. People would be like, "You do side boob cinema," and I'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know," but every now and then we slip a good one in there. <laughs> <laughs> What have you got for us on the Me Too meter? Okay, all right. So uh, there's a few things here. Uh, where do I start? Where to start? Where to start? <laughs> all right, sexual arousal. So the most disgusting scene involves the Eternals testing the erectile function of Zed. They show him an image of a woman soaping her young breasts, followed by two women mud wrestling. Uh, I suppose this is what pig men would find appealing, but Zed is not attracted to these images, which is good because they're made for the male gaze, which is morally wrong, as we know. But Zed ruins it all by staring at Consuela and getting a hard-on. This is yet another documentary-like scene of the patriarchal nightmare that we're living in. Next time you're getting a smoothie, just know that the clerk behind the counter is nursing a big weapon in his pants just for you, waiting for the president to ring through the codes so that he can destroy your little village. (laughs) So... That's one thing to think about. Uh, so here we have the main protagonist of, of a Hollywood film who is an unrepentant rapist, okay? This is refreshing on one level because normally the sex pests are on the other side of the camera. Uh, at least it's all out in the open here. And adding insult to injury, which we've already covered, is that Consuela has hot pants for this beast man, uh, which we've covered. So I don't need to go into that anymore. The film features casual titties throughout. Mm. The Eternals go bare-breasted on horseback. They flounce about in sheer clothing so we can see their pink, firm nipples peeking through the fabric. <laughs> I'm here to say, Ricky, there is nothing casual about titties. Nudity has no artistic function at all. In fact, there is only one possible reason for female nudity, and that is to inspire turgidity in the member in my pants and yours as well. I see it as a perfectly normal to go to into a complete panic at the presence of female nudity on screen on grounds that it is exploitation and there only to service the sexual needs of males okay so next time you go into the art gallery i don't know scream shout throw pies at the paintings whatever it doesn't matter if there's titties out or if there's nudity it's disgusting and rape 
and uh, it doesn't it has no nothing else going on so now you know um the film has many unsettling elements and none are more so upsetting than the final scene in which zed and consuela start a family and have a child before dying peacefully heteronormative coupling is a terrorist act on the lgbtqia plus community the very thought of a man and woman in a relationship fills me with horror uh what about uh non-binary thruples uh, what about what about cucks and bulls bdsm kink and poly you know when are you guys going to get it this is the new normal okay uh it was barely any of that in the movie by the way there was some though gender there was some but not enough uh and they weren't they weren't the leads and they weren't the president so that's 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 a problem gender is simply a construct and uh so we know that so gender is a construct it's totally made up okay there's no such thing as a woman in the sense that you people would understand uh but if there was then i would be steamed at the idea of consuela having a child in the first place she should be running a tech firm or cohabitating with other sassy and miserable urban spinsters uh general children only get in the way of your career and your side hustles think about how hard it's going to be to have to move your playmat out of the way every time you need to set up your backdrop for your only fan session so <laughs> all of that to consider there uh, perhaps finally, a uh, great quote that I think sums it up at the beginning, Zardos sc- uh, screams out, <laughs> the gun is good, the penis is evil, the, the penis shoots seeds and makes new life to poison the earth with the plague of men as once it was, but the gun shoots death and purifies the earth of the filth of brutals. I think this says everything. So finally, Sideboob Cinema, uh, as a film we can get behind, the penis is indeed evil. <laughs> And anything that resembles it is also evil. I, for one, shudder when I see a rock-hard skyscraper reaching towards the mouth of the heavens. Uh, And yes, men are a plague. That is a correct answer. It is as it is. And maybe Zardos has a point here. Wouldn't the world be so much better if we could rid it of everyone who just doesn't get it? Now, mainly talking about everyone who doesn't agree with my extremist agenda, it's only because I care most that I'm able to say that all uneducated rubes who live in the suburbs and watch reality TV would be better off going to sleep and never waking up. <laughs> There's a few other little things here that I won't get into. We're running out of time. There's, I saw some lesbo action in there. Mm. That's not on because uh, it, you know, it was hot. Uh, Connery and drag. That's true. I don't know. That's either that's either great or it's not, depending on what you think. <laughs> Uh, the catatonics being awakened by Zed Sweat, which we've talked about beyond the pale, uh, the idea that's yeah we can't even go into it. Um, so that's a lot there. Mm. What are we what are we giving this out of out of, out of ten? Five. Uh, you think it's you think it's kind of middle of the road? Because some of those charges we'd take points off, right? Yeah, I guess so. I I think it's higher than that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's closer to maybe a maybe a seven and a half. Okay. What do you think, John? Well, I feel like this is this is a nine or a ten. I feel like that the, the message of this movie on every level is that you, yeah, you just could not show this to uh, the penis a woke is evil. The penis is evil, but then but it, it triumphs but, in the end. But it triumphs in the end, like, and she wants the penis because <laughs> yes. mother wants the penis. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel like that that everything about it's also like, sex like, in the city criticisms. <laughs> Critiques. Is it? Is yeah. it do they, do they say they all that? end up with guys and yeah? Oh, we fixed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I feel like this is just one of those things where uh, yeah, everything's beyond the pale because it's about masculinity, mm-hmm. and I think that's not on. And 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 uh, Sean is clearly the type of man who who he's a real man's man, and I, I just think that. Uh, and and no, actually, now that I think about it, Connery and Rampling. 
that is masculine and feminine mm. to uh ex- that is an extreme version of masculine she is possibly one of the most feminine beauties i could imagine on screen uh she doesn't quite have the curves mm. to, to have the full but her but something about her is she's so you know that classically feminine and and connery is so brandy and cigars mm. masculine mm. i think there's some yeah be, well <laughs> you know that's he just says when he when it has to be done and um <laughs> So I think that that's such an interesting thing, and that just is not on. So I give it a nine out of ten. Yes, no, I I agree. It should be high. Mm. Yeah, and that's why it's great, and that's why I love it now. I, I'm in. You're in. I'm. I think it's. Yeah, I'm in. I think it's like. I think the story's fantastic, I, I, and uh, and I, I was I was wrong. I was wrong about a lot. I was right about some of it. Right? <laughs> well, let's talk reviews. Uh, so almost all of the critics hated Zardos when it came out. Uh, Charles Champlin of the New York Times, oh, sorry, of the LA Times, uh, he was kind of positive about it, and he wrote that its uh, 1.5 million budget was an unbelievably low price for the dazzle on the screen and a tribute to creative ingenuity and personal dedication. Uh, he says it's a film in which buffs and would-be filmmakers are likely to be examining with interest for years to come. Pauline Kael of the failing New York Times wrote that the script lacks the human dimensions that would make us care about the big visual sequences and burdened the actors with unspeakable dialogue and also remarked that Connery acts like a man who agreed to do something before he grasped what it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's Yes, that's true. (laughs) Yes. And uh, decades later, Channel 4 called it uh, Borman's finest film and a wonderfully eccentric and visually exciting sci-fi quest that deserves reappraisal. Yep. I'll go with that. In 2020, the Chicago Reader called it John Borman's most underrated film, an impossibly ambitious and uh, pretentious but also highly innovative, provocative and visually striking science fiction uh, adventure with metaphysical trimmings. So... Let me get this straight. So you make a turkey of a film, you wait 40 years, and then it's a masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) Is that basically what it is? I think so. So the critics critics universally pan it when it comes out. (laughs) Then 40 years later, ban. This happens though. Mm. People people don't, you know, but, you know, at least it gets us talking, you know, and uh, I feel like, again, we talk about this all the time, but this is the sort of movie that, that we deserve. Like it's 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 frustrating and interesting and weird and sexy and strange and dangerous and, and particular. And it's come from one person's mm. mind mostly, you know, uh, and whereas it's a lot of shit we get now is, is just workshopped to the point where mm. you're not going to get any of those things that don't make sense. And the, the stuff that doesn't make sense is the stuff that we talk about mm. all the time. Mm. Now you say it's one person's vision. But I did read that Stanley Kubrick was an uncredited technical advisor on this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's a lenses guy. He he would have been like he would have been on the on the tech side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. surely. Yeah, because he's a he's this guy who got specialist gra- lenses ground for Barry Lyndon, so he could shoot in only candlelight. Yes. Oh yeah, wow. And stuff. So mm. and he and he won a special Oscar for two thousand and one and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So he's this he's the guy you would get involved in this in because this is post two thousand and one. So mm. and he would have been up the road. So mm. yep. Why not? Yep. Zardoz speaks to you. His chosen ones. You have been raised up from brutality to kill the brutals who multiply 
and our legion. To this end, Zardars, your god, gave you the gift of the god. The gun is good. The penis is evil. The penis shoots seeds and makes new life to poison the earth with a plague of men, as once it was. But the gun shoots death and purifies the earth of the filth of brutals. Go forth and kill. Well, that's enough. <laughs> Cut to black. <laughs> so, no, so that's so that's Zardos. Now, while I was watching this movie, I got a, I got an idea. So, rather than go with John Borman, which I think is pretty obvious, I get this. I think we should go with Charlotte Rampling because she is so interesting. Get this: two films that of hers that stick out to me, which I've uh, never seen but want to see. Here's one. Um, a French woman takes a, a zoo chimp named Max to be her lover. Hey. <laughs> that, that, that's Max one or more. And another one, in this unsettling drama from Italian filmmaker Liliana Cavani, a concentration camp survivor discovers her former torturer and lover working as a porter at a hotel in post-war Vienna, the night porter, mm-hmm. which I think we should watch next week. Wow. Erotic. Mm. She's been in a lot. Erotic. So she is, she gets it. She gets it. She, she's, you know, she's worked with Woody and Stardust Memories and, you know, just does interesting movies mm. and, you know, uh, great choices from the get-go. Like didn't just go to Hollywood and, and I don't know, go in the obvious stuff. She's done weird stuff. And I think that it, we, you know, she's, she's, she's our girl, I think. Mm. Well, you let's know? watch both of those. Let's do it. Uh, one of them is Max Monomore. And the other one is the Night Porter, and I think we should do Night Porter. I mean, you've asked for some Nazi exploitation, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So this is technically highbrow Nazi exploitation. Uh, well, maybe not, this will lead us down the rabbit Ilsa. hole. And you want Ilsa, yeah. She Wolf of the SS? <laughs> this is where you want to go. <laughs> well, we'll get there, uh, but this will this will be a little gateway. Gateway That's drug. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that about wraps it up. Um, we said what we said. Sure. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sean Connery himself said the worst That's stuff. true. <laughs> Sean Connery said what he said. And until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. I've got big porno titties. It's not appropriate if they're just out. <laughs>